I think Hark the Herald Angels Sing has to be the absolute best Christmas carol of, of all time. Written by Charles Wesley, the brother of John Wesley, the, the founder of the Methodist movement over uh, 200 years ago. Uh, this song has, has powerful, powerful lyrics that, that really tell the heart of the Christmas story. Uh, Glory to the newborn king, God and sinners reconciled. Uh, some of the verses that, that we didn't sing uh, have these powerful lyrics. Christ the everlasting Lord, he was veiled in flesh, pleased with man to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel. And then verse 3 has to be the, the best of all the verses. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lay his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I don't think there's an, a, a better way to say Merry Christmas than that, but I'm going to try. Merry Christmas. Uh, it, it is so good to see uh, each and every one of you here this evening. Uh, what a pleasure it is to have you worship with us. Uh, my name is Andy. It is a uh, a joy of mine to be the senior pastor here at Troy United Methodist Church. And over the last few weeks, we have had so much fun uh, just as a congregation engaging in some of the, the, the classic Christmas movies, um, witnessing how Jesus and his birth really rewrites the script of our lives. And we started off with the Grinch, and then Rudolph had a lot of fun with Ralphie in, in uh, a Christmas Story, and then with Buddy the Elf just yesterday. Uh, we, we've had so much fun, but to be completely honest, the hardest part of this entire series was to narrow down uh, the, the movies, like which ones were we going to choose to be a part of this great uh, Christmas classic series. There were quite a few left out, for instance, uh, uh, like, like Home Alone. What a fun movie. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen, uh, there's this, uh, Macaulay Culkin has done this new uh, adult version of, of each of the scenes, jumping on the bed and uh, just all kinds of things. It, it, it's a commercial for Google. So if you haven't seen it, Google it. Uh, you'll, you'll find it for certain. Uh, we could have gone with Polar Express, uh, which is a great movie a lot of people uh, love these days. I'm so glad that our kids uh, had a Polar Express party earlier this month. A few weeks ago, I was actually at the barbershop here in town, and I had a conversation about the, the Christmas classics, and stop laughing, the, it was, it's my, my son's haircut, uh, not mine, uh, but, but the barber was asking me, uh, he, he said, well, when are you going to show my favorite Christmas movie? I said, well, what, what is it, Die Hard? Well, what's your second favorite one, Die Hard 2? Okay, okay well, uh, uh, we'll show that the same time we show uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. How's about, how about that? I uh, thought some great movies, but I thought we might be on some shaky ground there. Uh, although I, I, I've been thinking about it for a little bit, and I think, you know, Jesus did come for the Cousin Eddies uh, of this world. And, and, and isn't the Christmas story all about captives awaiting a Savior? I mean, that's diehard, isn't it? Uh, it could be a Christmas movie. Anyway, uh, we could have gone with a, a real cl Christmas classic like A Christmas Carol. Uh, in one of its various renditions, um, uh, one of my favorite being the, the, the comedy with uh, Bill Murray, Scrooged, uh, that, that would preach. Uh, I, I must say that Miracle on 34th Street was, was a, a near miss, uh, but in the end, uh, It's a Wonderful Life won the day for our Christmas Eve service. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life 
Uh, of course, stars uh, the, the famous Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed and was originally released, not at Christmas, but right after Christmas, uh, uh, January 7th of 1947. And, and that actually reminds me, in your, your bulletin uh, this evening, you received a, a little invitation card that looks like this. And I just want to draw your attention to that. This is just highlighting our next message series, which starts on January 13th, and it's called Generations. And we're just going to take a few weeks uh, learning about and, and really uh, hopefully appreciating how God has worked from generation to generation, starting with, uh, at least in our generation, starting with the builders and then the, the boomers, uh, Gen X and the millennials. And we're going to take a few weeks to do that. And I tell you, you are not going to want to miss this. This is going to be a, a, a powerful message series that I think can really unite us as a church to see how God has worked through the generations. But, but truthfully, It's a Wonderful Life uh, is, is a fantastic glimpse into some of the experiences of the builders uh, generation. Uh, the story follows the life of George Bailey, uh, a real stand-up guy with a, a great sense of humor and, and just a, a sacrificial heart of gold. Uh, but around Christmas time, with Hark the Herald Angels Sing, uh, playing on the piano in the background, some unfortunate events befell George, and he found himself owing the bank $8,000, which uh, his uncle had accidentally misplaced. And this financial crisis caused George to hit rock bottom, and he actually, in a moment of desperation, considers uh, taking his own life and jumping off the bridge in Bedford Falls, New York. Uh, but George, before George jumps, his guardian angel, Clarence, jumps in ahead of him. And George, being the kind of guy that he is, he, he decides to, to try to rescue Clarence. And so he jumps in after him, and, and that's when George is given this amazing gift. Check this out. Where's Glenn? I wonder what Martini put in those drinks. Hey, what's, what's with you? What did what, you say just a minute ago? Why'd you want to save me? That's what I was sent down for. I'm your guardian angel. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Ridiculous of you to think of killing yourself for money. $8,000. Yeah, now, think, just things like that. Now, how do you know that? I told you I'm your guardian angel. I know everything about you. Well, you look about like the kind of an angel I'd get. Sort of a fallen angel, aren't you? What happened to your wings? I haven't worn my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel second class. Uh, I don't know whether I like it very much being seen around with an angel without any wings. Oh, I've got to earn them. And you'll help me, won't you? Sure, sure. How? by letting me help you. Yeah. Only one way you can help me. You don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you, do you? Oh, no, no, we don't use money in heaven. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I keep forgetting it. <laughs> Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. Oh, tut, tut, tut. Yeah. <laughs> I found it out a little late. I'm worth more dead than alive. Now, look, you mustn't talk like that. I won't get my wings with that attitude. You just don't know all that you've done. If it hadn't been for you... Yeah, if it hadn't been for me, everybody would be a lot better off. My wife and my kids and my friends. And my... Look, little fellow, why you go off and haunt somebody else. No, you? now you don't understand. I've got my job. Oh, no, shut up, will you? Oh, this isn't going to be so easy. 
Ah, so you still think killing yourself would make everyone feel happier, eh? Well, I don't know. I guess you're right. I suppose it'd been better if I'd never been born at all. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. You... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's an idea. What do you think? Yeah, that'll do it. All right. You've got your wish. You've never been born. What'd you say? You've never been born. You don't exist. You haven't a care in the world. No worries, no obligations, no $8,000 to get, no pot. You see, George, you were not there to stop Gower from putting that poison into the capsule. What do you mean I wasn't there? Remember the stick? Hey, what's going on around here? What? What? Well, this ought to be Martini's place. Look, who are you? I told you, George, I'm your guardian angel. Yeah, yeah, I know. You told me that. What else are you? What are you? You a hypnotist? No, of course not. Well, then why am I seeing all these strange things? Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Well, if I wasn't born, who am I? You're nobody. You have no identity. Oh, what do you mean, no identity? My name's George Bailey. There is no George Bailey. You have no papers, no cards, no driver's license, no 4F card, no insurance policy. They're not there either. What? Zuzu's petals. You've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like without you. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? I've heard of things like this. You've got me in some kind of a spell or something. Well, I'm going to get out of it. I'll get out of it. I know how, too. I... The last man I talked to before all this stuff started happening to me was Martini. You know where he lives? Well, sure I know where he lives. He lives in Bailey Park. Are you sure this is Bailey Park? No, I'm not sure of anything anymore. All I know is this should be Bailey Park. But where are the houses? You are here to build them. Your brother, Harry Bailey, broke through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. That's a lie. Harry Bailey went to war. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? What a 
powerful statement by Clarence there that was also in the, the drama earlier when he said, strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many others. When he isn't there, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? Well, George receives the gift of seeing what the world would be like if he had never been born. And what he sees isn't pretty. Without George, Bedford Falls was Pottersville. No longer was it a peaceful, loving community. No longer did the people of that community have hope for their future. In the movie, you find out just how much of an impact George's life had on others. And uh, for those of you who know me, it's no big surprise that every time I watch it, I get all, all, all weepy-eyed. In fact, we were watching it as a family about three weeks ago, and it was the first time the kids had seen it, and they kept looking at me and saying, Daddy, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> but, but oftentimes when I watch that movie, I ask myself the question, what, what would the world look like if I had never been born? What impact has my life made? And how about you? Have you ever thought about what, what would the world be like if you had never been born? You start thinking about that stuff for a while, and, and, and your head starts spinning. That's, that's some deep thinking. And, and yet, the question that I really want to focus on tonight as we gather together to celebrate the most talked about and anticipated birth of all time what if Jesus had never been born? What would the world look like if, if he wasn't here? What difference would it have made if a Bethlehem stable never served as a makeshift delivery room? I wonder. You know, I've read a lot of things in the media and uh, just, just around over the last several years that have suggested that so much evil exists in the world today because of the church and its abuses of power. Sometimes I've heard it said that the world would be a more peaceful and better place if there, there wasn't the church or there wasn't religion or Christianity in particular. And, and I understand that over the centuries that the church has gotten a few things wrong and hurt people in the process and, and made plenty of mistakes. But at the same time, the, the Christian faith is responsible for so much good in the world. Jesus' birth marks the beginning of the Christian faith. It was then that Jesus was first worshipped as God. And if Jesus were never born, this world would be so radically different. So different, in fact, that I, I think uh, we would have a very difficult time uh, adequately conceiving of what it might look like. You know, much of what we take for granted, uh, our high regard for human life, the status of women in society, education, science, charity, Health care, the abolition of slavery, representative government, literacy, uh, civil rights, and the development of art and music. All of these areas have been heavily influenced by the Christian faith, many of which uh, were, have, find their roots in Jesus and his teachings. I mean, consider the status of women. In most ancient cultures, and unfortunately still some today, women are seen as the property of their husbands or, or their fathers. Um, even the great Aristotle uh, said that, that a woman ranked somewhere between a free man and a slave. But Jesus, Jesus elevated women to the same and equal worth as men. Many of Jesus' earliest followers were women. It is the Bible, in fact, that says there is no longer Jew nor Greek, no longer slave nor free, no longer male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Speaking of slaves, it is true that there were slaves in the Bible. It's also true that Christians throughout the centuries have sometimes owned slaves and even at, at times abused them. 
But it is also true that the majority of American abolitionists were so because of their Christian convictions. It's also true that British Christian William Wilberforce was the primary influence behind ending the international slave trade. And think about the charity in our world today. The institutions of the Salvation Army and the Red Cross and so many of the relief efforts in our very own community and our broader region and around the world have at their foundation the desire to care for the needy and the poor because of Jesus' teachings and his example. And modern education, uh, really, and literacy came out of the Reformation when Martin Luther and others desired to get the Bible into everyday people's hands and help them to read it. Consider the fact that, that uh, all but one of the first 123 universities in America were Christian institutions. Harvard, for example, was founded with this statement. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. Many people think that the church and Christians try to squelch scientific advancement, but consider the fact that, that my modern rational science was born out of a Christian worldview that believed in a rational God of truth. Some of the greatest pioneers of modern science were Jesus' followers, Johannes Kepler, Blaise Pascal, Galileo, Isaac Newton, and countless others. Try telling them that science and religion don't mix. Their pursuit of truth came out of their heart of faith. Art, music, and literature. And do the names Dante, Chaucer, Dostoevsky, Shakespeare, Dickens, Milton, Handel, Vivaldi, Bach, Michelangelo, or Rembrandt, do those ring any bells? I mean, Bach, for example, signed all of his works with the Latin phrase, soli deo gloria, which means solely to the glory of God. And just think of the transformation and the impact of Jesus on our culture and society today. I mean, these are ripples of his life that everyone can see and touch and hear and feel and experience in everyday life. And these are just a few examples of the ways that, that Jesus' teachings have impacted our world. Think of all that the world would miss if Jesus had never been born. But friends, that is just a cup of water in the vast ocean of Jesus' impact. And everything that I've mentioned so far really has to do with a cultural impact of his life. But what would it mean for you and me personally if Jesus were never born? And by no means is this an exhaustive list, but it's some of the first things that came to my mind. I mean, first off, you and I, would be even more alone in this world than we already feel at times. I mean, we wouldn't have God's spirit with us. I mean, particularly this is the time of year where we sing songs with the words Emmanuel in them. Emmanuel means God with us and refers to Jesus' birth. We would not have God with us if Jesus was never born. I'm not really sure, honestly, what that would be like, but I am positive that I don't want to know. We would also be bound to the spiritual law of sin and death. Jesus initiated with us a new covenant, a covenant of grace and forgiveness. And when Jesus died on the cross, he made it possible for each of us to be forgiven because he paid the penalty for our brokenness, for our sin. Without him, we would still be on the hook to pay that penalty ourselves. Not only that, but Jesus defeated death when, when he rose from the grave. And he promises that 
uh, we will rise with him after we die too. But without him, death would be the end. You see, Jesus is life. That is the wonderful message of the Bible. Listen to this repeated message just from the disciple John's recounting of Jesus' life. Here are all the themes of life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus said, those who drink the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. He said, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but is crossed over from death to life. Jesus said, the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then he said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus said that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And what is eternal life? Jesus said this. He said, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is to know God. And to know God, you've got to know Jesus, the giver of life. You know, it doesn't take a Bible scholar to figure out that the message is pretty clear. Jesus is life. Know Jesus, know life. But if you know Jesus, you know life. So if Jesus were never born, there there would be no hope of of real life. No hope for our life's future. We would have nothing to look forward to. We, We would be stuck. No hope of God's forgiveness. No hope for the transforming power of Christ in our lives. No hope for mercy and compassion. No hope for changed hearts. No hope that life could ever improve and get better. No hope that good whatever went over evil, and no hope for reuniting with our loved ones who have died because there would be no hope for life beyond the grave. Our lives would have no hope. You know, as wonderful as Jesus' profound impact on the world is, it is his life-giving and life-transforming power at work in countless individuals throughout time that is far, far greater. The cultural benefits of the Christian faith are are far outweighed by the hope of life and the hope of life eternal that Jesus gives to people who place their lives in his hands. Friends, what if Jesus had never been born? Well, thank God, we don't have to worry about the answer to that question because the truth of the matter is Jesus was born. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was born, as best we can tell, about 4 B.C. in a small village outside of Jerusalem called Bethlehem. Jesus was born to usher in God's kingdom way of life and to share it 
with everyone. Jesus was also born to die. Born to die in order to set us free. To set us free to experience life in God's kingdom. Life the way that it was meant to be lived. Life knowing God. Jesus was born so that we could be with God and that God could be with us. Not just in this life, but forever. Now, I am so glad that each of you has chosen to worship together here this evening. But please, hear me on this if you've heard nothing else that I've, that I've shared. You, know, you and I, we don't have to wonder what the world would be like if Jesus had never been born because the truth of the matter is he was. And, and he has made a tremendous impact and the world will never be the same. But the truth is, if you do not receive him as the light of life, as the bread of life, as the living water, as the way, the truth, and the life, then for you, it will be as if Jesus had never been born. That's one of the reasons why we celebrate the birth of Jesus every single year. I mean, you've noticed this, haven't you? The church, we make a big deal out of Jesus' birth. It's like, well, yeah, of course, Jesus was born, but we celebrate it every single year, and we make it a grand opportunity because it is yet again another opportunity for every single one of us to Invite Jesus in to give us life. And the way to life according to Jesus is really straightforward. The Bible says that we must receive Jesus. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And the Bible says that we must follow Jesus. He said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of of life. Receive Jesus and follow Jesus. That, that is my hope and my prayer for every one of you, really for this entire world. Because when you do, you will have life. And I tell you something, it is a wonderful life. Let's pray together. Well, Jesus, you are the light of life. And once again, we want to pause to open our hearts and receive the wonderful gift of your birth. Just as you were born in a manger so long ago, we pray that you would be born again in our very lives. Just as the Bible says, in you is life. You came to give us life because you're the way, the truth, and the life. You came to, to deliver us from death to life to give us eternal life, the gift of knowing God by knowing you. And Lord, in the midst of all of the Christmas happenings, you know, for some of us, the, the rushing around from place to place, yet for others of us, an, an empty or maybe even a broken heart because we long to be with those who we miss so dearly. In the midst of all the feelings and the emotions of this season, Lord, we simply ask that you would once again give us what you promised. Life. Life the way it was meant to be lived. Life to the fullest. Lord, we open our hearts to receive you today. Jesus. Jesus.